Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include home affordability with the Fed set to end its MBS purchases tomorrow, my interview with TMS's Jason Kwasny on client happiness in the servicing space, and what the latest inflation reading did to the bond market. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mobile-first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Compensafe by Simple Nexus is an incentive compensation management solution designed for the unique needs of mortgage lenders. Powerful enough to handle the most complicated compensation structures, Compensafe enables lenders to ditch the spreadsheets for a turnkey process that improves payroll accuracy and gives employees transparency into their pay. Learn more at simplenexus.com. With the Fed set to end its MBS purchases tomorrow, removing free money from the MBS market, where do you think home affordability will go from here? Mortgage rates are already at their highest level since 2008, and in theory, a large buyer exiting the space should push MBS prices down, and thus mortgage rates up. As one California mortgage executive wrote to me, quote, Home prices ran up 20 to 30% for two years, as Powell could not figure out how to get his foot off the accelerator. There are good borrowers and good LTVs out there, but most have been priced out of the market with home values rising 20% per year. Take the free money away, and none of this is sustainable. End quote. There is debate about if the Fed's actions have created some sort of housing bubble, and it remains to be seen whether home prices work their way lower, we see no price increases for a couple of years, or the pace of appreciation merely moderates. Helping affordability, more lenders are raising their conforming limits ahead of the expected November announcement from FHFA. Benny Mac and Finance of America followed UWM and Rocket by raising their limit to $715,000, 10% higher than the current limit. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome on to the show TMS's Jason Kwasny, EVP of Servicing, who joined the Money Source in 2018, bringing 18 years of experience in the financial services and mortgage industry with him. He's responsible for managing all servicing operations at TMS, encompassing its remote workforce and two servicing centers located in Connecticut and Arizona. Prior to joining TMS, Jason held executive management positions at SLS, Ditech, and JPMorgan Chase. He's a successful loan servicing executive with an exceptional track record of developing and implementing broad-scale cultural and operational strategies that result in best-in-class customer and client experience, IT member engagement, and performance that exceeds broader market comparisons. So Jason, I'd like to start off by having you tell us a little, little bit about yourself and I guess what a loan servicing executive does. Thanks for having me as a guest. Uh, I love, I've long been a fan of yours and, uh, you know, a frequent reader of your content and, and listener to, to, to the podcast. So it's, it's really good stuff. Um, so I just want to start with that. Um, but as for me, uh, well, you could say I'm, I'm one of those guys who ended up doing exactly what he dreamed of when he was a kid. Now, I, I, I didn't want to be an astronaut or a ball player like my friends. Uh, for all my life, I wanted to grow up and work in mortgage servicing. So, <laughs> so, so here I am, uh, mission accomplished. Uh, you know, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but in all seriousness, though, uh, I, I don't know anyone who, who actually desired to go into mortgage servicing we just all kind of sort of end up here. But hey, you know, once it's in your blood, it's tough to leave, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a very rewarding career to be in. 
Um, and, you know, so for me, though, I've been in the industry for about 25 years, uh, 10 in originations and servicing for about 15 years with the most recent four uh, at TMS, where I'm, I'm responsible for running all the servicing operations. And, you know, while all that is relevant for my background and credibility for this podcast and your listeners, of course, uh, the most important thing to me is that I'm a father to two amazing girls, well, women, uh, since I just sent one off to college, and a husband to an amazing wife, whom I love dearly and who continues to impress and inspire me each and every day. So that's my background, Rob. That's awesome to hear. There's an old joke, and I'm going to try and clean it up a little bit, where kids are having a, a show and tell sort of day where the teacher's going around asking what their parents do. And you know, one kid says, my dad's a fireman. Next one says, my dad's an accountant. My mom uh, works at the library. And they get to little Timmy and Timmy goes, oh, my dad dances at the adult nightclub. And the kids start laughing. And uh, after class, the teacher goes up to little Timmy and says, you know, you could have just passed. You didn't have to do that. I understand that was embarrassing. And he goes, no, that, you know, I just, I didn't want to tell them my dad was a mortgage broker. And uh, <laughs> so, so I lied on the spot, but it's a great industry. It, it helps put millions of people in homes. And and when you go to conferences and and network, you see just how, good the people are and the individuals are in this industry. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about TMS and uh, what the money source does, what it's all about. Obviously, servicing is a big component of it. They also have a big correspondent channel. They're, they have a lot of arms out there. Yeah. So let me let me start by saying, I, I, I bet you're going to think that I, I'm speaking hyperbolic for the sake of good press on this podcast when I describe the money source. But I can tell you there's no exaggeration here. TMS is, is simply the best place that I've ever worked, hands down. Uh, from a company description, well, I mean, you know, we do correspondence stuff, but we're primarily a mortgage servicer. Uh, we service over 400,000 loans. Uh, we have over 70 clients. Um, and we're one of the nation's 10 largest subservicers. And I must say, we are darn good at what we do. While that's all good and well, it's actually only part of the story. What makes this place so great uh, is its culture, its people, uh, and quite simply how we go about doing our day-to-day business. Uh, it's, it's really unique in the servicing space, any space, really. The culture is fantastic, uh, it's, which is driven by our core values, uh, and those run through the bloodstream of everyone in the organization. Our people are truly committed and of the highest caliber and quality. We actually at TMS only hire core value fits. We only hire people who care. There's no silos, no red tape, no bureaucracy. And we really do work all as a team with the common goal, which ultimately is to grow happiness for our customers and our clients to experience. You could, you could say that we're actually obsessed with it. Uh, and we actually invest in our people and our culture from the top down and the bottom up constantly to ensure that happens. So from a uh, a summarization of what the money source is all about. I mean, yeah, we're a big servicer, but um, that tells you a little bit about uh, what what lies underneath the hood and how that engine runs. You're now a top 10 sub servicer. What do you attribute to TMS achieving that status? I touched on that a little bit in my prior answer. Uh, When you have a common goal of, you know, quote unquote, of growing happiness for your clients and your customers, and everyone is committed to it and rowing in the same direction, you end up producing spectacular results. Um, 
you know, I can highlight our 98% customer satisfaction rate, 91% first call resolution rate, 83% net promoter score from our customers. And when, when you produce great results like these, you, you attract a lot of clients. And then you do that enough times, it snowballs and you end up being one of the nation's largest servicers. Of course, central to attracting clients is making sure that they're happy, hence the, the growing happiness that I referenced earlier, and that their experience with you is as a true partner, uh, a reciprocal one, you could say, one where everyone benefits. And from the feedback that we get, including our net promoter scores that we've received from our clients, show that we do, in fact, grow that happiness. So you could say, I guess that's, that's how we caught where we're at. You know, great results, great partnership. And, uh, you know, you attract great uh, clients as a result. You mentioned client experience and happiness. When it comes to a subservicer, what is it that you believe a client wants out of their subservicer? Well, honestly, Rob, it, it, it's actually not that complicated. Aside from, you know, the obvious things like making sure that their customers are getting the best experience and, you know, good quality service. Uh, companies are not unlike people. They just want to be listened to and know that you care and that you were there for them through thick and thin. And ultimately that, that you got their back. They just want a true collaborative partnership and relationship. They want to feel like they are your only client and that you're enhancing their brand and you're ultimately helping their bottom line, but being the partner that helps grow the business, which of course TMS does. And as I noted earlier, it's all about you know, growing that happiness. How do you think the industry as a whole performs in that regard when it comes to subservicing? What grade would you give? <laughs> what grade? Let's see here. Uh, that's that's a loaded question. Uh, but you know what? I'm an honest guy. So, so here's my honest answer. The industry as a whole is terrible when it comes to client and customer experience. I'd, I'd give it, um, I don't know, maybe a, a C. Uh, well, hold on. Let me let me double check. Do they do they actually still give grades in school? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but seriously though, uh, it's bad. So I'll, I'll, let me take that back. If you are a subservicer's main client, you're likely getting pretty good service. But if your client fifty out of hundred, or I don't know, maybe seventeen out of twenty, or anywhere really past the top three, you're likely getting nothing close to happiness. In fact, you're you're probably feeling like you're the girlfriend or the boyfriend on the way out, one who had a great courtship, but now feels like their partner who suspects that their significant other is cheating on you. Uh, and tell me if this sounds familiar. You're likely waiting days or weeks for responses from your subservicer. Your customers are complaining about terrible customer service they're getting. You have no visibility into the performance of your portfolio. You're getting nothing but double talk, um, maybe some equivocation from your so-called client relations contact and promises, endless promises about how things will get better. And if things are really bad, you're at risk because your subservicer has audit findings up the wazoo. And I don't know, maybe now that I spell this out, maybe the, maybe the grade is, is a D. And you know what, Rob? I, I know this to be true because I hear this from every new client we entertain. Not one of them says that they're satisfied with their subservicer. And I know you're, you're, you're probably saying, hey, Jason, uh, well, you're, you're only stating stuff from the people who, who are looking to leave their current subservicer. But the truth is, when we meet these companies, they're all too eager to share their horror stories. 
I don't know if you remember a show a while back on FX. It was called Nip Tuck. Uh, it was a drama about, you know, two plastic surgeons. Uh, I think it was on in the early 2000s. And the show, the show always led off by them asking, these two doctors always asking their patients, so tell me what you don't like about yourself. It's like that when I talk to prospective clients, except I reverse it. And I ask them, so tell me what you like about your subservicer. And they usually get out one or two good things if they can, but then it immediately turns into this vomit of information on what they don't like. And I tell you, Rob, all these stories are exactly the same. When you ask these subservicers why they can't deliver on providing a great experience, their collective excuse is always the same. It's always the same. It costs too much. It costs too much to provide a great customer and client experience. To that, I say BS. Seriously, BS. It's a cop-out excuse. It doesn't cost a dime to get your people to smile when they're on the phone or to be fully transparent as a company or to respond timely or to simply be a great partner. It just takes caring and commitment to doing so. It has to be ingrained in your culture. So, so yeah, I'm going to stick with that D that I gave earlier. I don't know, maybe now that I, I, I recall this, maybe maybe we're down to a D minus by now. So that's that's my grade. <laughs> well, before it slides any further, let's talk about TMS a little bit. How does TMS deliver on the needs of clients? And uh, since we're grading things, what grade would you give them? Well, well, just like the service I talked about at the show, Nip Talk, we, what we do is we ask, then we listen, then we deliver with results. I mean, really, to sum it up, we, we act as a true partner to all of them, not just our largest clients, but all of them. You see, TMS, we were, we were just, we were an originator when we started out. In fact, that's how we got into servicing to begin with. Our subservicer was so bad. I mean, like really, really bad. We looked for another, but all we found were copies of a copy out there in the marketplace. And then when our owners, who were fantastic, by the way, decided there has to be a better way, that there was room to disrupt this space, that the space had the same tired ways of doing things with all the same folks and the same ideas, just rotating companies all using the same tired technology that was invented in the 1980s, seriously invented in the 1980s. So they spent a ton of money building a cutting edge servicing portal, uh, which we call SIMI, uh, that gives clients a self-service, one-stop shop, real-time, fully transparent look into their portfolio, and most critically, our performance on their loans. So you know, I referenced the, the, the whole girlfriend who thinks their partner might be cheating on them. Well, with TMS and our SIMI system, now they can check everything from the promised KPIs to instant recording of the calls with their customers. It's all there with a click of a button. And you don't have to know these archaic screens from the 1980, uh, 1980s or codes or rely on a client relations contact that takes weeks to get back to you. But, you know, Rob, honestly, it's not just the technology. Don't get me wrong. What really matters is that we flat out care. It's who we are as a company. It's fused into our DNA and central to our mission of growing happiness, which I referenced earlier. We know that like we know it's like that on the we know what it's like on the other end. We know what it's like to be an afterthought. And especially in today's market, today's volatile market where every customer counts, it's critical for us to deliver for our clients. We look at it as, as a symbiotic partnership. In order for us to be successful, our clients have to succeed as well. Not just one of them, but all of them, each and every one of them. 
fact, we don't just we don't just say these things. We actually have the receipts, as we say, to back it up. And as I mentioned, you know, we talked a little bit about Simi. Our, our clients can see everything that we can see. And if they're up in the morning before us, they can even see it before us. But I'll actually go one further. Besides our technology and the things that we put in our contracts, we put how we're going to do everything to them in writing. And I'm not just talking about those contracts. We give all of our clients what we call our client bill of rights. It's actually our way of uh, memorializing our promises on what they can expect from us as their subservicer. So back to the grade that you asked at the very beginning of the the question here. You know what? I'm going to give this an A. And I know what your listeners listeners are saying. They're like saying, hey, they got to, that I have a bias. And maybe I do, but you don't have to believe me. I mean, you can just ask our existing clients. Uh, and you know what? Because we we care, we do. We actually ask our existing clients. And our NPS rating with our existing clients is over 70%. And that's really darn good. You mentioned in your answer, a client bill of rights. And I've never heard that before. Can you expand on that? A little bit for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just you know, I'll just read you the header for it. Uh, the header for the the client bill of rights. It explains itself. Uh, so here's what it says: At uh, TMS, we strive to grow happiness with our clients and their customers. We are dedicated to maintaining the highest standards of honesty, respect, transparency, and performance. We're committed to operating with open and collaborative partnerships with our clients that are respectful and constructive, and that creates solutions that resolve our clients' issues and ensuring that those who work on our behalf adhere to those same standards. We operate in compliance with the laws that regulate our industry and the governance of our investors and insurers. And within these Bill of Rights, we actually have six articles which go into further detail about these promises that we we put in there. Uh, And the six articles are Article 1, client relationship, article two, client experience, uh, excuse me, customer experience, article three, delinquent account practices, article four, complaints and disputes, article five, uh, compliance and quality control, article six, privacy and security. You see, Rob, we, we believe that if you can't put your words in writing and then back it up with action, well, then your words are just useless. So we said to ourselves, hey, we know what our clients want, and we promise and deliver on all this stuff and commit to it daily in our actions. So, so you know, why not put it in writing? So we did, uh, and you know, we didn't put it on you know some parchment paper from you know 200 BC. It was delivered obviously in PDF format, uh, but I think you get the point. It's our way of guaranteeing that we, in fact, act as a great partner to our clients and grow happiness with them. So, you know, that that sums up what our Bill of Rights is all about. Client Bill of Rights. That's awesome. I, I think that's really cool. And I'm sure your clients appreciate it. Before I let you go today, anything else you'd like to add? Um, you mean aside from the, the nip tuck and the crappy boyfriend references? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, let me just say, you know, if you're an originator or a credit union or anyone with loans really that needs service, who is looking for an honest, transparent, and reciprocal partner who has the technology that's as easy to use as Facebook and delivers a best-in-class experience for you and your customers, well, then come talk to us at TMS. I promise you, promise you that you will not be disappointed. Uh, we actually really do care. 
from the agent who answers to the phone to providing full compliance to the protection of your data. I mean, we care. We care about all of it. Uh, we care about you as clients. We believe in growing happiness and we deliver on that with every action that we take. And as I referenced earlier, as we talked about earlier, we put it into bill and right, a bill of rights that enshrines it. Let me ask, does your current subservicer do that? I'm betting they don't. And uh, so here's the plug. Uh, you can learn more about us by going to subservicing.themoneysource.com. Jason, that was great. Thanks for making the time, man. Appreciate having you on. My pleasure, Rob. Thank you, man. This trading week opened with renewed selling pressure following two poor treasury auctions and limited risk appetite ahead of today's key CPI report. The completion of yesterday's $41 billion three-year note auction met weak demand and the bond market backtracked into the early afternoon after the $32 billion 10-year note reopening also met underwhelming demand. The backtracking, which lifted Treasury yields to fresh highs for the year, took place even as the New York Fed released a report showing that inflation expectations for the next three years dropped to 2.8% in August from 3.2% in July and 3.6% in June, while expectations for the year ahead decreased to 5.7% from 6.2%. Last week's ISM Services Index reading of 56.9 was higher than market expectations, and new orders were the highest of the year. This could be seen as a sign that while economic activity has declined from record highs, economic activity is not recessionary. The subcomponents of the report suggest that while there are still supply challenges, some bottlenecks are improving, and many are at least not getting worse. Jobless claims have trended a little higher, but they too are not at a level that would cause concern that the economy is moving towards recession at this time. One potential concern is the degree to which many households have leaned on their credit cards to continue supporting elevated spending habits, as revolving credit was up 14.3% from July 2021 to July 2022. However, this increase followed a significant paydown of revolving debt from February 2020 to February 2021. Today brought the all-important August CPI report, which dropped 8.3% year-over-year from 8.5% in July, but exceeded expectations of 8.1% year-over-year. Core CPI rose 0.6% month-over-month, double the July reading. Real weekly earnings came in down 0.1% month-over-month versus 0.5% in July. Before CPI, we received the NFIB Small Business Activity for August, which came in at 91.8. Later this morning brings Redbook same-store sales, the August budget deficit, and a treasury auction of $18 billion of reopened 30-year bonds. We begin the day with agency MBS prices down a half from yesterday and the 10-year yielding at 3.25% after closing yesterday at 3.36%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I received this lovely note from my wife. Hey, sweetie, I'm at work. Dinner's on the stove. You only have to light it. The gas is already turned on. Love you. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus and Encino Company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com.
Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.